Hey, little rock stars, before we get into this week's episode, just wanted to throw a little disclaimer out here about the episode. So this episode involves me talking to my friend Katie, who is a lawyer. But please know that this is not legal advice. And Katie is not creating any attorney client relationships within this episode. And that's including with me. Thank you so much for listening. Check it out. Here you go. um all right well not talking about diapers today but let's get into it um (laughs) it might come up anyway well yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) different kind though different size and a different very very different style of diaper no fun prints (laughs) no Mm -mm, mm -mm. i don't think honest makes adult diapers maybe they do i mean i'd wear i don't know maybe there will be like an honest like like, um, depends collab in the future. I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. we should, maybe by the time that like, we'll need them, it might be there. <laughs> I fingers crossed, fingers crossed. <laughs> um, I'm very happy to be recording with this person who you just heard talk about it depends honest diaper collaboration. I'm probably gonna keep that in. Cause I love it personally. Um, I'm recording again with Katie. Katie was on the podcast to talk about postpartum. And I realized I think that was almost a year ago. I think so. Or maybe, yeah. Like it was January. Was I think. it January? It might it have January, been a little, I don't know. You know, know. What? postpartum is very much a blur. So yep. same. Can't tell you. It was, it was sometime in the earlier, much earlier part of this year. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's Googleable. It's lookupable, but I'm not going to do that right now, but it was sometime. Yeah. Anyway, this is not yeah. Katie's first time on here, um, but we're going to be talking about I feel like we spent, obviously the postpartum episode, we talked a lot about you and your personal life as a mom. And we're actually going to be focusing a little bit more on your professional life this time. So I was like, oh, this is like full circle. I enjoy. Yeah. So, so this is Katie, everyone. (laughs) Hello, Katie. Oh, hi, Barney. (laughs) Sorry. My dog and my son will probably be making a little bit of noise during this episode, but life. you know, right. It's life. We all live in noisy houses. So. We do. Sorry. I wish I lived in a quiet house a lot of days, <laughs> but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Katie is with me because Katie is an attorney and I mean, yeah, like again, this is earlier in the year. So who knows if we even talked about that, like at all, but um, Katie is So are you, you're going to be explaining everything to me today. So let's just start right there. Like, tell me specifically, what kind of attorney are you? I should know this as like, this is my personal friend, like Katie and I are friends in real life, (laughs) but I, I'm not good at like remembering all the different kinds of law. And I always get afraid of like insulting someone and like fucking it up. So just tell me. No, 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 no. Don't feel bad. There's so many different, (laughs) like areas of law um that you can practice in and so many different ones that I've practiced in so mm. um don't don't feel bad don't at all um so I um right now I am an estate planning attorney so what that means is that I develop um wills trusts um help people acquire life insurance um and kind of making an overall plan for what will happen in the event of their death or if they become incapacitated. So um, we're taking a, a little bit of a, a dark turn. A little this bit. Episode, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I definitely feel a little bit like the Grim Reaper sometimes um, mm-hmm. since I have to bring up death a lot, you know, yeah. and it's kind of, it's not a really fun topic. Nobody wants to think about it, but it's also really important to make sure that you have a plan in place. If so, just in case something happens to you or your spouse, um, especially, especially, yep. I was going to say, so obviously we're going to be looking at this majority of the time through the lens of doing this when you are a parent, um, and speaking as a child of someone who just lost an adult child of someone who just lost their parent, please get a will and like tell your kids where it is. So yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Like, please, like if you have one, that's great. 
people who are going to still be here after you are gone need to know where it is. Cause that's what I'm dealing with right now. And it's really not fun and very stressful. No, Um, it's a big pain in the butt and there's no, um, a lot of legal documents, um, are filed with a court, right? So like, let's say if you're getting a divorce or you have a child custody agreement or something like that, they'll be filed with the court. So you would have the opportunity to go and look that up somewhere. Wills and trusts don't get filed with the court until after someone passes away. So there's mm-hmm. no like big record of, you know, all the wills of, you know, X amount of people who live in this county. Um, so making sure that your loved ones know that you have these documents, know where these documents are and can get to them is really important. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about like, I guess from the beginning, like why, you know, we know, I mean, I don't have a will. I know I should have one. I know, you know, like I probably, I probably should have had one before I had a kid, but now I definitely need one. So why do parents need, like, why should we do this? Why should we do this for ourselves and for Um, our kids? I mean, the big reason that I tell people is, um, because you want to make life as easy as possible for your loved ones, um, when they're going through a loss. Yeah. Or, which is also really important, um, if they become incapacitated, um, which can be sometimes even harder or just as difficult mm-hmm. to deal with as um, experiencing a loss, um, especially as people are living older and older. Um, and, you know, with this casual pandemic that we're still in, a lot of people are finding themselves with loved ones, parents, uh, uncles, grandparents, anyone in the hospital and on a ventilator. And, um, they don't know what that person wanted them to do Mm. in this situation, you know, and that's really hard. It's really hard to guess what, you know, aunt Mary would have wanted me to do if for some reason I was the one who was making medical decisions or would she want someone else to be making medical decisions or would she want, you know, all of us to have the health information so we can know what's going on, but only one person gets to make the decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, you know, I encourage people to do it and by do it, I mean, um, get an estate plan in place. Um, because it's, it's just a really, really great thing that you can do to provide for the mental health and overall well being of the people who are left. They're going to be yeah. dealing with, you know, a big loss in their lives. And the last thing that they need on top of that is to have to hammer out a bunch of details. Yeah. That's like my number one reason that, that I tell people um, that you should get something in place. The second reason is that um, a lot of people want control somewhat over um, their end of life care. Um, I've talked to so many people who Um, either they want all the care possible, like keep me alive no matter what, even if there's no, you know, brain activity, a doctor says there's nothing they can really do. They still want to be kept alive. There are people who are like, and pull the plug, don't even do artificial nutrition or hydration. Like just get me out of here. Um, and that is not a topic that comes up among family a lot. Yeah. Right. Like no one is sitting around at Thanksgiving dinner, you know, TBT when we used to get together for holidays, Um, but no one's sitting around talking about what kind of end of life care they want. Right. Yeah. You're just not not something you feel comfortable, like, well, like it's not like, this is not something you should guess at like, cause what if you're wrong? You know, like what if you're wrong? What if you're wrong? What if the opposite of what you did or what you said that they would want like that pressure? Ooh. Yeah. And you're like, I, I don't want anyone else to feel that pressure for me to try to be yeah. guessing and trying to be inside my head and figure out, you know, what kind of end of life care I wanted. Did I want to be buried? Did I want to be cremated? Did, you know, I want to donate my body to science. Like, you know, what all of the, there's a bunch of different options. Um, and it really sucks to have to guess, you know, to be in that situation where you have to guess and, um, you know, kind of hope that you are right. Um, so I think that's another really great reason to, um, to get an estate plan set up is that so you can have a little bit of control in those situations. Um, for example, if you, you know, really want to be buried in a certain place, 
you want your ashes scattered somewhere. Um, again, these aren't conversations that normally come up um, yeah. in everyday life. So I would say, you know, putting together an estate plan, however large or small, um, is always a good idea so that all of those things are documented. Um, the third reason that I tell people to do this um, is they're going to be locked out of everything that you have. So um, that includes, and especially this is more, I don't, I don't want to say more urgent, but like it happens a lot in cases of um, when somebody is incapacitated in the hospital or, mm. you know, if their memory is going, the doctor says they can't make decisions on their own. They can't balance a checkbook anymore. I don't know anyone who does that besides who actually balances right. <laughs> my, my, my mom for sure. But like, that's it. <laughs> um, you know, if a doctor says like, you can't do those tasks of taking care of themselves anymore. Um, they can't always articulate what they would want at that point. If you need to um, let's say, take control of your parents' bank account um, to make sure that all the bills are getting paid. It's going to be very hard to do that if a doctor says that they can't make deci financial decisions on their own. That yeah. If you can't make financial decisions on their own, they can't add you on as an extra yeah. um, person to it and make it a joint checking account. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so um, all of those things become really tricky if you don't have the correct paperwork set up. So what are the, cause I feel like it's a lot of paperwork, but it's not at the same time. Like if you can quantify it or list out, like, so we should have a will we should have yes. like, so does that fall under, like, does an advanced directive fall under that? Or is that something different? You know what I mean? Like what are yeah. like, the things that we should have, especially as parents who, you know, it doesn't matter what age our children are. Well, it does obviously, but like, it, it's going to be a big difference if our children are adults when we pass or if they're minors, because then obviously you have to have a second person minimum, one other person on there. So like, what are the documents that as a parent, you should have filed ready to go in a place where someone else knows that a copy of them are what right. are those things. So I think what's most important is, um, like you said, having a will. Um, and then from there, um, you also want to have the advanced healthcare directive. Um, it is called different things in different states. So I practice in California, it's called advanced healthcare directive. Some people call it a living will. Um, mm -hmm. and that's the document that says what you want to happen if you are, in, um, like kind of like end of life care when you're passing away. So yeah. that's where we're going to find information about what, you know, if you want artificial hydration and nutrition, if, if you like DNR and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Those kind of documents. And usually most healthcare systems now have a place for you to upload your advanced healthcare directive. Um, like in your kind of like where you log in to get all of your information, like, oh, um, I know like the patient record or something. Yeah. Like the medical group that I see, they use something called my chart and you can log in and send messages to your my doctors, schedule, schedule things. You have that one too. Well, um, not through my military healthcare because they still live in the 19, I would say like the mid 1990s, but the place where I had, <laughs> but where I had my breast session surgery was uh, a civilian hospital and they used my chart and like, I mean, it was amazing. It was Love anything it. and everything. You could message the doctor, the physician assistant. I mean, awesome. And you can upload documents. You can upload pictures. So right. it just makes it easier yeah. for you. It so does. it's like, why wouldn't you do it? Exactly. Yeah. So, um, and I, I always recommend people to do that one if they can, if they're, if you know, your, um, healthcare place has a portal like that that you can log into. You usually have a space for you to up to upload an advanced healthcare directive or a living well. I think that's a really, really important one. Um, and then there's also a HIPAA waiver. Um, and HIPAA um, is the law about sharing um, health information. It doesn't give anyone authority to make any decisions on your behalf, but it allows the institution um, to share information about your care with whoever you want. So, Got it. um, yeah, so that's, that's also really important, um, because even though it's your spouse or it's your child, or, you know, it's your cousin who put you as their person, they want to make end of life decisions. 
Um, you also want to have the medical information. You want to be able to look at all of that so you can make the right decision. You can yeah. go along with what they wanted. Yeah. So those are those are really important. So so far, will advanced healthcare directive or living well. Um, a HIPAA authorization. Oh, one other note about HIPAA authorizations. Certain institutions will only accept their form. Um, mm. So like, for example, where I get my healthcare, they have a form that you can fill out um, and then upload it. And that will give whoever I want access to my records at that um, place. I recommend doing like filling that one out um, if you have if your uh, institution provides that, um, and also kind of just doing a general one, just in case you end up getting care somewhere else as well. I also recommend a, what's called a durable power of attorney. Um, and that is a document that gives someone, um, the power to make financial and or medical decisions on your behalf. So, you know, let's say this cousin, I don't know why I'm paying cousin, but let's just go with that, right? <laughs> so let's say this cousin wants me to make her end-of-life healthcare decision should anything happen to her. Okay, great. Um, but she has to give me that power legally um, before I can actually make those decisions. So she might be able to list out everything that she wants to happen on, on her advanced healthcare directive or living will. Like, let's say she, you know, wants me to pull the plug type of situation. She wants to be cremated. She wants to do X, Y, or Z. Cool. She also needs to fill out a power of attorney that gives me those powers to do, to make those decisions for her if she's incapacitated. Okay. Powers of attorney can be either financial or medical, but sometimes they can be both. Um, I think it just depends on the state. Um, and you want to make sure that you have both of those ready so that someone can make your medical decisions and so that someone can handle your finances, pay your bills. Um, you know, let's say this cousin again, um, is in the hospital with COVID she's, and she's going to be there for a really long time. I, if I am, um, her power of attorney, I can, you know, bring that power of attorney to the bank and say like, Hey, I need access to her account so that I can pay the bills to keep, you know, to pay the mortgage, keep the lights on, do all of those important things while she's incapacitated and she can't do this for herself. Like I said before, I feel like it's a lot, but it's not. And it's necessary. You you need to have these things because if you don't, it just makes it a lot more difficult. And it's not necessarily make it more difficult for you if you're the one who is incapacitated or sick, or you're just not really like aware of what's going on. It's just making it more difficult um, for your loved ones is there. Yeah, and for, if you think about it as it's going to make life difficult for the people who are taking care of you, um, you know, if they, if you're already at a point where someone needs to be taking care of you, you want to make that as easy as possible for them to be able to do the things that they need to do. Right. So, yeah. um, that's a, just another way of thinking about it. You know, when you're, um, at that point where, um, you know, you're like, you know, I know I should really get these documents together. Um, that's just another reason that you should do it. It's just a different way of figuring it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what my dog's upset about. Sorry. Come here. That's okay. Oh, you know what? She wants to get under the desk. <laughs> she likes being Sorry, under the desk. Sorry, Barney. So. That's no, good. I literally just had to like move like my chair to sit like behind. So like my desk is here and the chair is here. She likes to like behind the chair. So she's not in here right now. So she would like, I mean, she's going to get in there no matter how, yeah. how she can. Yep. Um, I feel like this has been really good information for me. Cause I don't know anything about this. Um, Cause I think it's, once again, it's not something like you don't learn this in school. You're not really no. talking about this with your family members, unless mm -hmm. it's already happening. Like you're, yeah. it's not proactive. It tends to be very reactive, unfortunately, which is just yeah. like overwhelming. And it's not something that like, I'm not asking my friends or like, you know, like I'm not asking you like, Hey, so did you add like Avi right. to your, you know, like it's not like yeah. a common discussion, right. unfortunately. Right. You're not like burial, cremation. What are we going to do? Yeah. No, I'm yeah. talking about that stuff because it's grim, you know, yeah. it's, a lot of people don't know about estate planning, you know, and it's just one of those things where you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. You know, they, they, you're right. They didn't teach us about this in high school, you know, or college or any, anywhere else. 
um, you know, this should probably be a, a part of like the general adulting course that I think everyone yes. needs, um, yes. you know, where they teach us how to buy car insurance and, you know, how yeah. to, Yep. I was going to say balance your checkbook, but like, you know, we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> so. We just keep coming back to balance. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Um, or, you know, how to in. like, how to do your taxes or like why you should pay taxes. And not that like I'm pro taxes because I'm always trying to stick it to the man any chance I can get. But yes. it's an institution that's greater than me. And if I don't pay them, they will come after me. <laughs> they will come after you, right? And like also taxes pay for things that everybody uses, right? Yeah. Like the roads we drive on, you know? Schools. like Schools. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Generally good shit. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I think there's just, there, there isn't a lot of education about, um, estate planning. And also a lot of times when people start looking things up like this too, um, like let's say you Google, like, how do I make a will? You're going to be flooded with so many answers. And there's going to be yeah. a lot of saying that you should do different things. Like you should just go on rocket lawyer or, you know, legal zoom or whatever it is and just get a document and fill it out and no big deal. Um, or, um, you know, another one of, you know, many DIY forms, um, there are a billion different things and it's very easy to get overwhelmed. Why I like what I do is because I like educating. I like helping people understand what's going on and kind of simplifying it so that, um, I'm not talking to you in legalese. So it's not like a language you don't understand. Um, yeah. I think people get intimidated when they feel like they need to go to a, to a lawyer for something because yeah. some lawyers can be really hard to talk to. Um, yeah. And well, it's also very similar to, oh my gosh, I was having this discussion um, with someone about, it's kind of similar how you go to the doctor where like a lot of times people, like part of white coat syndrome is, you only go to the doctor when something is wrong. So if you're seeing this person, that means like there's bad things happening. There's something wrong with you. And it is kind of similar to a lawyer. Like most people believe you only need a lawyer if you've, you've done something wrong or you're suing someone or someone's suing you and somebody died. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. I kind of feel like it, we have to work on telling ourselves that like, yes, those things happen. And that is why you need a doctor. That is why you need a lawyer, but it's not always re again. It's not always supposed to be reactive. Like you should be doing some proactive things. Like I'm pretty sure my dad, like has a lawyer, you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. it's not a big deal. His mm -hmm. lawyer is the one who did his advanced directive. And I only know this because I know I'm listed on there, like as the decision maker, which is like, my pulse just quickened, even just saying that. Cause like, well, pressure. there's a, there's yeah. a paper and I'll, I literally like, and I know what it says and I just basically Good. have to follow the directions. So like, Good. That. yeah, you That's know, great. Like, it does come with a peace of mind of like, absolutely. It is like hard to be like, okay, so you've made me in charge of you. But at right. the same time, like I'm really just in charge of like reading this piece of paper and making sure that it's happening yeah. the way he wants it to happen. Exactly. I'm not like making my own independent decisions. No. Right. And that's, that's kind of like the beauty of it too, is, you know, like, like, yes, you know, you are the person who's going to have to like, actually like physically talk out and make the call of what to do. But, you know, your dad's already told you, this is exactly what I want you to do. So, you know, you're just acting on his behalf and you're doing exactly what he wants you to do. You don't have to guess. You don't have to, um, you know, talk to your other family members and other siblings and be like, what do you think dad would want? Um, yeah. You know, he's Which laid is it out all not a conversation. <laughs> I right. wouldn't have at all. <laughs> no one wants to have a conversation. It's awful. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that he did that and that he made you aware of that. Um, that's really great. I mean, it just, it kind of just takes the shock away from it. Um, and it is when my mom passed away, uh, my mother-in-law said to me, so she lost her mom last year. Um, mm. So she recently uh, was kind of dealing with the same thing. And she said, you know, it really sucks, but it's the business of dying and it's taking care. It means taking care of all of these things. And that's part of how you honor the person though. Like that's part of how you keep respecting their memory and um, 
by closing out their, you know, like taking care, making their decisions that making decisions on their behalf that they've already made and mm-hmm. closing out their accounts. And that's part of loving them, but it is Absolutely. very like, it does feel weird yeah. when it's a very close personal person to you yeah. and you're like calling the bank. Yeah. Like it, but it is, it's very business. Like you kind of, it mm-hmm. requires a lot of compartmentalization yeah. um, to kind of like cut the grieving off really quickly and, or for a couple minutes while you make that phone call. Right. Um, but I do keep telling myself that like, you know, it sucks. The business of dying sucks. It's not fun, but it no. is how you continue to love the person who passed and respect them. And that's really important to me. And I feel like, you know, for most people who have lost a loved one, that's really important to them too. So that's why you do it. No, absolutely. You're 100% right. You know, it is kind of like, um, the business of dying, you know, like you said, um, and I feel that without, having, you know, an estate plan, having all of those documents all ready for your loved ones so that they can take over and they can, you know, continue to like honor your legacy by closing everything out, by making any charitable donations you wanted, by doing all of that. Um, you know, it's so much easier on your loved ones to have kind of a roadmap so to guide them through what you wanted. Um, you know, you definitely um, do have to be a little business-like and car- compartmentalized when you're saying, oh, I need to close out, you know, this account because the owner has passed away. Here is my power of attorney, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, you know, and doing that stuff is hard. Um, absolutely. And um, it's so much easier when you have a plan in place and everyone kind of knows their role, so to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah. That way it's just kind of like, I don't know, it's domino effect where we know like these things are supposed to happen and it's just going to trickle and it's going to happen versus, you know, you're kind of like lost or confused and, or bombarded with new information that you had no idea about. And that's again, speaking very personally, like that's what I'm dealing. That's unfortunately a lot of what I'm dealing with right now for a few different reasons, but yeah, it's like PSA. It's not fun. Please mm-hmm. like get your documents in order and tell yes. your children or whoever your cousin, where they are. tell them where they are, like in your house <laughs> or yes. in your safety deposit box or right. wherever or it is at bare minimum, what lawyer you went to. Yes. Yes. Just yeah. like some, the tiniest like, piece of information. Some old school attorneys will like store your will and, um, trust and all of your other estate planning documents for, um, a fee. So then, you know, if someone passes away, you can just contact the attorney and they'll go, you know, file it, um, with a court for you and kind of get the probate process started. Um, a lot of attorneys now though, recommend that people hang on to their own documents. Um, and that's what I do. I recommend that people hang on to your own documents because, um, you know, you might move, you might, you know what I mean? You might move states, you might, whatever. Yeah. There are, you know, a billion different things that could happen. So I think it's important that you have your own documents. I, um, I advise my clients to put them in a safe, put all your originals in a safe. Um, if you don't have a safe, great excuse to buy one. They're a cost though. (laughs) They're not that much. (laughs) Um, I'm sure you could get one on Amazon too. You don't need any like crazy, you know, ridiculous safe like yeah um, maybe just but, like a know, fireproof fireproof yeah one maybe yeah. yeah I would I would definitely recommend a fireproof one um because the wills always need to be original when you're filing them with the court so um unless you know for some reason it wasn't in a fireproof safe and there was a fire and there you know this huge other thing right so yeah. but original wills are important I recommend that yeah people put put all their documents in a safe and then I also recommend that you have a keep a reference copy kind of with all your other like documents that you have, right? I feel like most people have like the family file cabinet. We do yeah. anyways. And Scott, you know, your healthcare documents, your tech mm-hmm. stuff, your real estate, all, all that good yep. stuff, right? Um, I just recommend, you know, keeping your reference copy there so that, you know, if you need to look at things, if you need to, let's say, 
scan that um, advanced healthcare directive that you made. So you can upload it out of your healthcare system portal. Um, you know, you can do that without disturbing the originals that are still safe in their place. Yeah, that's smart. And thank you for saying that. Um, that was another piece I wanted to talk about, like um, where people should store it and mm-hmm. like how to make sure you're keeping track of these documents. Cause I actually feel like growing up, I thought, which probably growing up, this was more common that the lawyer did hang on to, like, maybe you had a copy, but the lawyer had the actual documents. So that is, that mean, that's new information to me to know that like, that's not a thing really anymore. And it makes sense because there are just so many things that could happen. And so if it's your will, you might as well be, or, you know, it's your documents. You ultimately need to be the person who has them. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's kind of like the new like best practice is for the clients to retain the originals. Um, I retain a electronic copy and I put it on my like external hard drive. So, you know, if something happens, I have access to it and, you know, we can get the client a copy if they need for whatever purposes. But yeah, yeah. Um, I think the old school way of doing it was also to kind of like encourage repeat business. So if you're like, oh, my lawyer has Mm, my will, like, you know, under lock and key, if I want to go, if I want to change it, or if I want to make a new will, or me and my husband got divorced, and now I need a whole new estate plan, I got to go back to my lawyer. And then the lawyer will be like, oh, great. New, new, new client, new, new file to open, (laughs) more money. Or, you know, if someone passes away, and they know that you're, um, your will is kept at your attorney's office, then we'll go to that attorney and have them file a probate action in court to kind of open the estate and, you know, distribute your assets that way. Um, okay. But yeah, the field of law is generally moving away from that, um, the kind of old school way of thinking. Um, and first thing like marketing in general, and like, you know, <laughs> that like, we're responsible people, they can hold our on to our own documents and lawyers, don't yeah. have to, you know, keep everything under lock and key. And, you yeah. know, well, because so. also talk about pressure to like on the lawyer to make sure. So you have all of your clients, like most important documents, probably mm-hmm. just like hanging out in a filing cabinet in your office, or maybe even at your own house. Like that's, that's stressful. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot. Um, yeah. I think the field of law is generally changing, I would say, um, and kind of, you know, kind of like peeling back the curtain between the lawyer and the client. So it's not just like, um, you know, the lawyers do all this fancy stuff behind the scenes, but you don't need to know about it. You're just a mm-hmm. little client. We'll just, just, just do what we tell you and it'll be fine. You know, I think we're kind of entering into an era where we're explaining more what's going on and we're putting the client in control, um, which is how it should be. Yeah. Especially when you're dealing with such sensitive document, like end of life documents, you know, we talked about control earlier, how you do have one, you want to have some sort of control over what happens to you. So then naturally Mm -hmm. you should fully understand, you know, what's going to happen, where those documents are and all that stuff makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, some people will kind of like balk at that idea too, of like having like control from the grave, quote unquote, where like they are, (laughs) You know, saying like I, um, you know, I, whatever they want for advanced healthcare directives, yeah. you know, if they want to be kept alive at all costs versus not, or um, if they want to, you know, make really specific things in their will or trust about like, you know, so-and-so will only get, you know, this amount put into their personal trust if they do X, Y, or Z, mm. if they graduate from college or, yeah. you know, complete military service or blah, blah, blah. You know, there's a lot of quote unquote, controlling from the grave things that you can do. Um, I don't like to call it that because it's like very strong, <laughs> very morbid, right? Very morbid. I yeah. feel like we should have done this episode around Halloween. <laughs> Maybe we'll do, do a re-release. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just, you know, I think of it as like, not controlling from the grave, but like you're kind of, you can really think about like, what kind of legacy do you want to leave for your family, right? Yeah. If you want to yeah. be, you know, the uh, generous rich aunt that left all of her um, nieces and nephews, you know, a, a, each a little trust to grow their college fund, or, you know, do you want to sponsor a scholarship where you went to college for someone mm-hmm. who does X, Y, or Z, or, you know, there's a billion different things that you can do, um, but you got to write it all down. 
You know, you got to write it all down. You got to make it official. Otherwise it doesn't work. I know. Yep. That's been something I feel like I've been saying a lot um, in the last month and a half. Like if it's not written down, if it's not in writing, if it is not, you know, come with a notarized signature, it doesn't mean anything. Right. Unfortunately. Yeah. 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 And I mean, there is such a thing as a holographic well, um, unfortunately does not involve involve any holograms. I was going to say like Tupac, what? (laughs) Like Tupac (laughs) and Cordella? God, (laughs) I wish I was there. But um, no, so a holographic will is someone, is a will that the testator, which is um, the person writing the will, the testator writes out themselves in their own handwriting and they are the only person to sign it. Um, most of the time in most, I don't want to say in most states in the state in which I practice law in California, your will must be witnessed by at least two people who are watching you sign it. Um, and they have to sign it as well. Um, a holographic will like that, when it's written out in your own handwriting, um, does not need to be witnessed. Wow. In California. Okay. If anything, that seems like sketch then like why yeah and I think I don't totally understand all of the reasoning behind it if I'm going to be honest because it does seem kind of like it could be really influenced by someone else right like it could be someone on their deathbed and then you know um some scheming terrible person is like hey why don't you write down this piece of paper Mm -hmm. blah 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 blah, you know yeah or like Um, here sign right here and yeah Right. But it has to be their handwriting and the whole thing. I don't Mm -hmm. know. But um, one way that has actually come into play recently with COVID is because when everyone was locked down, they weren't, many attorneys weren't doing like in-person will signings. Um, So most of the time, if you plan out your estate with an attorney, once the attorney is done drafting all the documents, everything is, you know, beautiful and printed out. They'll have you come in the office. Um, and do what they call like a signing ceremony. Um, so you will sign your will, you'll sign your trust. If you have one, you'll sign your living will or advanced healthcare directives, you'll sign your powers of attorney. Um, if you're doing a services and remembrances like memorandum, um, they'll do that as well. That is um, just a document that says like, I want, I want a wake or I want a funeral or, you know, whatever yeah. kind of service you want, um, just like kind of give people more guidance. Um, or if you have purchased a burial plot, for example, here's all the information on this burial plot I have. Because of the pandemic and everyone being at home, um, those kind of stopped happening. So um, what some attorneys did is have people do their own holographic wills and kind of tell, they would, you know, tell them, here is the, here's what you need to write off, write down in your will, in your own handwriting and sign it, you know, and then wow. when it's safe to come into the office, we'll have you come in and, and redo one, but in, and, and do a real one. Um, yeah. But, you know, for the time being, let's put this one in place. Um, that, I think a lot of attorneys only did that for, um, what's called a pour over will, which is where you pretty, the will pretty much just says um, anything that is in my state, um, I leave to my trust. So whatever the name of your trust is, um, mm-hmm. you can just leave that into your trust. And then um, that way, the rest of your assets don't need to go through probate if they are in a trust. Okay, man. I mean, it's like all of the, I mean, I'm interested in like, everything. I feel like, you know, like there's nothing that can't, you know, it's just like, yeah. once you start learning a lot about of something, things. yeah, most of the time I'm like, wow, this is fascinating. And again, like I had no idea. And why would I know? Cause this has nothing to do with what I do for a living, you know, like it's just right. completely separate from me. And it's not something that we're talking about every day at the dinner table, but yeah. it is really good information to know. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I'm always happy to talk about this stuff, even though it is, you know, dark, but it's definitely something, you know, we need to all address, um, especially as parents, you know, and um, I'd also encourage everyone to, to address this also as children um, and kind of, you know, if your parents don't have an estate plan or if they haven't updated it since you 
were like 11 to see my parents, <laughs> um, like it's time, you know, things have changed. Yeah. Um, you know, they don't need to still have like, you know, guardianship provisions in there for me and my siblings, you know, they could, they just need to update everything. Mm, so, yeah. um, yeah, we just encourage everyone to do that. Um, you know, and like I said, there are some things that you can DIY. Um, I wouldn't say everything, um, yeah. uh, in California, for example, there is, if you want to, you know, just get started with your estate planning, um, the power of attorney form is, um, available, um, online. So if you just look up the California civil code, the power of attorney, it will tell you exactly what you need to have on your form. Um, and then you just need to like sign it, have it notarized, and then you're good to go. So, you know, um, but of course, you know, we're always happy to educate and help people learn more about this because, um, I think estate planning for a long time really has only been reactive is what you, like you were saying. And the more proactive that we can be, the better off everyone else is going to be in the long term. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's take a hard, hard right turn and just wrap it up. And at first I was like, oh, well, she's been on the show. Like, I'm not going to ask her like how being a parent has changed her as a person. But once I realized how long it had been since you were on the episode and you know, I know that Avi is now 13 months. So far cry from like the three or four month old that he was last time we talked on the show. So how do you feel you've changed like in this season of parenting, you know, now that you're in toddlerhood? Um, it is wild. First of all, that I'm already in toddlerhood, like mind blown. I mean, I think part of it too, is just like, especially you and I being parents of such young kids during a pandemic, it's like a time warp, you know? Oh yeah. It's it's just like, you know, vortex of, you know, oatmeal on the wall and whatever. But, (laughs) um, I think that, I mean, I recall last time I was on here that I said, you know, being a parent has given me so much more patience for children and less patience for adults. Um, yeah, still true. Still true. Yep. Definitely still true. Um, but I also think that um, I have a lot more um, just respect for um, just the juggle you know, like, I feel like we are all juggling so much and, you know, just trying to keep everything afloat, you know, and like not drop any balls. Right. And the thing is like, we're, we're all human. We're not perfect. You know, um, I heard someone talking about this recently and she was like, you know, you, you have all these balls and you're trying not to drop them. But you know what you're going to, because you're human. And you only have two hands. So you just need to make sure that the ones you drop aren't glass. Yeah. And so um, I've kind of really taken that to heart. And, you know, sometimes that means like, I'm not going to do the dishes for a day or two because like, I just don't, I just can't. And I'm just not going to do it. I'm so tired, Bernie's paper plates, whatever, you know? And sometimes you just really need to make little decisions like that to make your life easier. And it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Give yourself permission to do little things to make your life easier and like and just do it, you know? Like it might cost you an extra five bucks, but like if it's worth your sanity and you have five dollars, do it. Do yeah. One hundred percent. I love that like respect the juggle because everyone's doing it in some way, shape or form. And everyone's juggle looks different from the yeah. person next to them. Um, right before we started recording. I have no idea why I like, (laughs) I like was washing my hands after using the bathroom. And for some reason, the phrase razzle dazzle popped in my head, like given the old razzle dazzle. And I looked at myself in the mirror. I was like, yeah, it's more like the old, like frazzle dazzle right now. (laughs) Like, let's be honest as I'm just like, okay. (laughs) I feel like, yeah, like respect the juggle because we're all we're all having like a lot of times, especially for us parents who became parents in the pandemic and anyone who is a parent in a pandemic right now, like it's not razzle dazzle. It is 100% more of a frazzle. Frazzle. It's frazzle dazzle. It's frazzle all day. Yeah, it is. Every every day. I mean, yeah, but like, you know, 
we're getting through it. Yeah. We're getting through it. We made it this far. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not going to say that like, can't go back. Just have to keep right. going forward. Yeah, exactly. We yeah. got to keep going forward. And especially like for our kids, you know, like we got to yeah. treat a new day as a new opportunity, you know, to get to love them. So, yeah. Well, lawn chair moment, I guess when you've had a chance to razzle dazzle, <laughs> um, what's that been looking like for you lately? My partner, Ben, his parents have been here, um, in San Diego the whole month of December. Uh, they nice. just like, rented a place here. Yeah. So it's been really nice, especially like, hi, as a pandemic parent, we haven't had any like help. Alone we have, like, right. Right. We're like, just like help. Like, right. Like we haven't, we had a babysitter for like a little bit, which was so great. But then that ended and like, uh, you know, it's really just been me and Ben taking care of Abby all the time. So yep. it's been really great to have them here just so for just like little breaks, you know, little breaks here and there. Um, this past weekend was Ben's birthday, um, which was great. So we got to actually like go out for dinner together, you know, and like have a date outside, of course, right? But um, I've also been able to, go to yoga a couple of times in Sunset Cliffs. Um, I have a couple of friends who teach like donation classes there on the weekend. Uh, that has just been really great for me. Um, I've been I used seeing to- your pictures and like every time, I mean, so Jimmy and I always used to go to Sunset Cliffs for Valentine's day. We would get in and out and just go eat it at Sunset Cliffs. Oh my God, I so- love that. <laughs> I might feel that. Do it. I mean, it's the best. And I, you know, if you've never, most people listening have probably never been to Sunset Cliffs or seen Sunset Cliffs, but it's this place in San Diego that is literally just cliffs. And it's just, I mean, beautiful, beautiful like cliffs to the point where like, you need to be a little careful where you walk. Um, that's how close yeah. you are on the ocean and so peaceful. I just feel like being outside, like hearing the ocean being close to it and, just like a serene place. So I've been seeing that you've been going to yoga at Sunset Cliffs, yeah. loving that journey for you. And you. very much like, please keep posting about it so I can stare at the pictures. Yes. <laughs> it makes me yes. like flash back. And it's like, even me just imagining like me doing yoga there. I'm just like, oh, that must be so amazing. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, next time you come out this way, we'll, I'll like put it in our schedule and we'll go because <laughs> it is just like really great. You know, I encourage everybody to go, especially because it is free or donation based, you know, and it's just, it's a really great chance to just like reconnect with myself a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which you have to do. I you mean, gotta. you gotta do it because if you don't connect, it's like, if you don't connect with yourself, like it's very hard to connect with other people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. and even your kids. Yep. Especially, I feel like, especially your kids. Yeah. Like if you are not in tune with what's going on with yourself, I realized the other day that, um, the whole, like, it's not you, it's me that I feel like can sum up every like difficult day or, um, like bad afternoon I'm having with Robin. If I sit there and really think about it, like it's not him, it's me. Like I'm, I'm grumpy. I'm the one who's having a bad day. I'm the one who's having a bad moment, which I'm perfectly entitled to, but it immediately impacts his behavior. And then, you know, as adults, we're like, Oh my God. Yeah. Why is he so grumpy? Blah, blah, blah. Like, no girl, it's me. So yeah, I feel like constantly reminding myself of that. And also that if I want to feel that less then I have to take care of myself. It means saying no to people more. It means getting off my stupid phone and reading. Oh my God. Like, yeah. 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 No, another thing. Taking care of yourself. You have to, I was going to say to you, another thing that I started doing recently is um, at night, I told myself I need like one hour of no screens. So like no doom scrolling on Instagram, mm-hmm. no, just like zoning out and watching TV. I allow myself to use my Kindle because I have like the Kindle paperwhite that doesn't do anything Ooh, except nice. like let you read a book. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but then I got anxiety about doing it for a whole hour because life. So <laughs> I brought it down to like a half an hour. And so um, I've been trying to do that every night after he, like I'll put him down and then be like, okay, half hour no screen. So like, if I want to clean the house, cause sometimes I do, right. Cause that'll give me some sanity. I'm going to do that for a half an hour, listen to some music and then go back to my life. Even if that's, you know, 
watching season 18 of the challenge and like, <laughs> just, you know, get back to it, but just having a little bit of time with no screens and just like, just for me, regardless of what I want to do has been super helpful, super yeah. helpful. An hour was aggressive and ambitious, but I'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Work your, work your way up. I mean, I just read that even just reading like, you know, for pleasure for 10 minutes lowers your heart rate, like helps regulate your nervous system. So even if you just start at 10 minutes, like maybe your goal is 30 minutes instead of an hour, like even just starting with 10 minutes and just kind of like working your way up to it, you might not notice it right away, but it is totally benefiting you. Um, and I need to, when I hear this back while I'm recording, like, Hello, Kayla. Take your own advice. Okay, great. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, Katie too. <laughs> no screen time tonight. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, like a half an hour off. <laughs> Just thirty minutes. Like, let's be realistic. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank yeah. you so much for coming on and talking to us about all of this stuff. I know it is heavy, but I feel like you have a great way of explaining it, so it doesn't necessarily feel super heavy. It's just kind of matter of fact, you know. Yeah. Thank you. I've been working on that. I really don't want my messaging to come across as like scary, like grim reaper style. Like this is what's going to happen. If you don't get your documents together. No, no, nobody needs that in their life. I don't want to be that person. You don't want, you don't want to meet me as that person. So (laughs) yeah. But if anyone has any questions, please, you know, reach out to me. I'm happy to talk about it. Yeah. Tell us your, um, so I know your personal Instagram, but tell us your professional Instagram, please. Yeah. So my professional one is at a new kind of lawyer, um, which is kind of self-explanatory, you know, kind of like what I was talking about. I don't want to be kind of that old school stuffy lawyer. That's going to talk on legalese and charge you a crazy amount of money. Um, so please just feel free to reach out to me there. Um, you can also head over to my website, which is kshanklaw.com. Yay. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Um, obviously I will talk to you later because we're friends in real life, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, this has been really great. This is something that you just got to get it done sooner rather than later. And speaking from a personal experience, I will say that's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned in the last month and a half is yep. Okay. Like it's time for me to get these documents started for myself. You know, like you said, you can always update them later, but just get it started. So it's there just in case. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And yeah, I will probably send you a meme in the next 10 minutes, but it's been so nice to chat with you. (laughs) All right. Talk to you in eight minutes. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) 